please make sure that your seatbelt securely fastened. At this time, I ask that all portable electronic devices be turned off. Thank you. Welcome to uh, episode 13 of the Vagabond Exchange podcast. I am Emily, here with the nebbishly urban William. Good evening. We are in a dining room somewhere in Nashville, Nashville. Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Lucky number 13. That's right. Did you ever think we'd make it this no, far? No, I didn't. No? I didn't think we were going to get off the ground. Well, here we, we did. Are. We did. Yeah. Just a few short months later with That's episode right. 13. And mm-hmm. we've successfully completed like three weeks worth of episodes in a row. In a row, yeah. Which is pretty good for us. Mm-hmm. We um, still have one listener that we know about that we haven't heard from in a while, Seattle Joe. Yeah, I think he's mad at you because you just on him for like 45 minutes. <laughs> that could be why we haven't heard from him. Could be. But I'll still send a shout out to Joe because I love him and I miss him. Joe right. probably has other stuff to do. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He could at least spare an hour. Well, every Joe week has spared several hours to help us to download our show. How do you or know he's not download? You're assuming he's not listening to it, but we know people are listening. Well, it takes less time to email us and let us know. Joe, you just do whatever you're comfortable with. All right. So, so at the end of a weekend, mm-hmm. means I actually have Sunday evening blues. Do you? Because I have to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. What about you? Um, You're much more I am, so. I, I wouldn't say that I'm optimistic, but I know what I have to look forward to this upcoming week. It's not a big deal, so. Well, good for you. Yeah. So you, you have like a week's worth of meetings, and you got to meet with this group and that group. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can look at my calendar and not see a bunch of meetings, it's a pretty good week for me. That is good for yeah. you. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so anyway. We had a big weekend. We did have a big weekend. We should just. We should sh- just start at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> do we start with uh, Saturday? Or? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. What did we do on Saturday? Saturday we uh, met. Saturday afternoon around twelve uh, thirty, and yeah. saw a movie. We did Jennifer's Body, indeed, starring Megan Fox, mm-hmm. who you adore. I do. She's my all-time favorite. And the movie was written by Diablo Cody, Cody. who you yeah. also adore. So. That's right. I was really looking forward to seeing this movie. Are you being sarcastic? Yes. <laughs> Actually, oh. I, I did have a little bit of a check in the car on the way over, and just said, "Just enjoy it." going to be fine. It's entertainment. Now, this was your idea, you know, It wasn't my movie. idea. You said we should probably see it. I may have said that weeks ago. And you ago. said it on the po- podcast. Okay. And you know how our listeners but hold then, us accountable for our movies. Yeah, I'm sure they do, <laughs> mentally. But then a couple, couple of days ago, you said, are we seeing Jennifer's body? Did I? Yeah. Was that me? Mm-hmm. I so. must not have been thinking clearly. But it also stars Amanda Seyfried, who I kind of like. Okay. She played the friend. Right. And uh, what's his name? The guy From that, The Closer and Burn, oh, Burn yeah, After Reading. Oh, yeah, what is his name? He is so funny. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, He's he was funny. the best part of the movie. Yep. But, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm sure that's super helpful to everyone. <laughs> right. It <laughs> stars Megan that's Fox. That's the end of the review. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried and some other people that we don't know. Right. Um. So, anyway, the movie follows these two teenage girls um, who are BFFs, besties, if you will. And um, one of them is, like, you know, super hot, super cute, very popular. Um, She's, I guess, on a flag team or something, which flag teams at my high school weren't popular at all. Like, you're kind of a dork if you did flags. But apparently at this high school, it's very trendy. Anyway... Um, and then she hangs out with kind of this nerdy girl, right. um, 
whose name escapes me right now. I can't think of what it was. Um, Anita, but they called her Needy. Needy, Needy. yes. And she's sort of the opposite of Megan Fox's character, who is yeah, a Megan Fox high school is, sex kitten. Yeah, she's a little bit more um, experimental and uh, reckless. Right. And her friend's a little bit more reserved. Right. Yeah. Careful. And she has a steady boyfriend. Right. Whereas Megan Fox is kind of... Uh, has lots of conquests, right. it looks like. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, basically what happens is the the girls go out one night, run into this band, and basically kind of changes the whole movie. Well, changes their lives as they know it. And Megan Fox turns into a monster of some description um, who then slays... Uh, people throughout the rest of the movie right so what did you think (laughs) (laughs) i thought it stunk pretty much (laughs) good i'm glad you felt that way and i wasn't just being bitchy no i um i would put this with white out as far as really that bad well the one thing that that i will say is that diablo cody she's not a bad writer as far as dialogue is concerned mm-hmm. um the story was okay but i think the execution of the story wasn't that great right and um the the megan fox character i don't i like the character but i didn't like the like i, I thought the character would have been played very well by someone else yes i don't i disagree. wasn't impressed by megan fox's acting well and i think it was supposed to be kind of sarcastic. I mean, Diablo Cody is obviously very sarcastic. Right. If you saw Juno, you know, like, that's kind of her niche. But, like, I just thought, I thought that the everybody's role was supposed to be a little sarcastic. Like, here's Megan Fox, like, the beautiful kind of homecoming queen. But you're supposed to get kind of the humor behind that. Juxtaposed next to Amanda Seyfried, who's, like, her polar opposite. I thought Amanda Seyfried did a good job of being kind of, like, nerdy and awkward but even she wasn't, like, amazing in that part. She didn't make me laugh. I didn't, I don't know, I didn't, I wasn't that impressed with her either. Right. But. Well, I think, you know. I was just, I, all of that to say that I, with your statement about execution. I right. don't think, I, I think, don't think that either of those were right in those roles. Yeah. I think the dialogue was, when it was good, was good, but it, not good for this kind of movie. I'm surprised Diablo Cody actually wrote a movie like this when I think of Juno. And the dialogue, a lot of the witticisms or whatever that are are said during this film, you could kind of see also in Juno. Juno, yeah. And so those by themselves, they were humorous. Right. But when it's, you know, placed inside a bad movie, it only works for that moment. It doesn't enhance the movie at all. Right. Um, So I think she should go back to movies that deal more with relationships or, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be a high school movie, but something... You know, more along that line than going into this kind of horror kind of... Because it didn't work right for me. And the funny thing was, I had read an article a while back about her, and specifically about how horror movies are really popular amongst women. Right. And yeah. um, she talked a lot about the fact that she liked writing women as their own heroes in these horror movies, either as kind of the slayer side or as the the woman who saves herself and everybody else Hmm. so i can i can see where she was kind of trying to go with it but i just don't think she was able to pull it off i think you're right i think she needs to stick with what she's good at and i what i liked kind of the um sardonic um sort of slang that she used in juno but for some reason it just didn't do it for me in this movie i thought it was really cliche and to to suggest that teenagers only speak in acronyms and sort of these sexual abbreviations right i don't know it kind of well when it's it got mis- old to me yeah when it's misplaced the way that i feel it was misplaced with this movie where it's kind of you almost feel like they were shoehorned these kind of phrases were shoehorned into a movie that was kind of apart from that kind of right. speak right and then you think of movies like clueless and juno where it works the first time but if right. you get the same writer kind of doing the same kind of dialogue in other films especially if it's a completely different genre I'm not sure if it's going to work that way. It wasn't believable. Right. You know, I went in trying to give Megan Fox the benefit of the doubt. Right. And I can't, you know, first of all, I don't find her very attractive. I know a lot of guys just find her to be a knockout, and I don't. Okay. Second of all, her acting 
didn't impress me at all. There was one scene where there's like a a murder scene with her in it, and mm-hmm. uh, she actually seemed scared to me. That 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 one scene was like the most believable scene to me. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was the most where I actually believe that she was scared. And, right. Yeah. Everything else, she. I don't know. There's a certain um, languidness to her. Where I don't, I don't get passion from her when she's acting. No. I feel like everything she delivers and does is done with kind of this screw me vibe, and I mean screw like literally, like <laughs> right. And I don't think it, nothing seems sincere that comes out of her mouth. Yes, I agree. And she has stubby thumbs. Does she? Yes. What is it with you and thumbs? I, I don't know, but you have this weird obsession with thumbs and how they move. Well. Leave our thumbs alone. All right. So. (laughs) Okay, so that brings us to the William and Emily Rate movies. And what that means is that we basically try to um, see who gets as close to the rating given on Mm imdb.com. So um, I would give this movie a 3.9. I would give it a 4. Okay. There were a couple of. Uh, they seem to be teenage girls sitting in front of us yeah. yesterday. And there was one part of the movie where they like... They yelled out, yelled out something. Or it was like a very corny, and I can't remember what it was, but they like scoffed at it. Yeah. Was it between the boyfriend and girlfriend? I think... So. Oh, the course, the corsage. The orchid he corsage. He paid, he paid $12, $12 for, for it. it. And they were like... <laughs> <laughs> They were not happy Which, with that. back in my day, I probably did pay about 12 Well, I think that's kind of the general... Yeah, I can't imagine how much a corsage is. How much should you pay a, for a corsage? Right. Plus, it's all, usually by the end of the night, it's all like... Mangled. Battered, and... yeah. At least mine were by the end of the night. <laughs> um, From dancing. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, mine was in the corner of the room somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, William. Yeah. So, so um, does, does that change your hopefully opinion? Hopefully, that's the last bad movie that we see this year. I would hope we're so. we're coming into like the good movie time yeah and our plans are to see movies that are seem to be oscar contenders right so i can imagine we'll see any more junk that's true but let me ask you has your opinion of megan fox or diablo cody changed at all after seeing this i really the thing of it is i really want to like diablo cody because she seems fairly intelligent but like i've said this before it's just like i feel like it's a smart contest with her like look how much wittier and smarter and like cutesy i can be and, oh, I've had this, like, you know, this kind of crazy life, and I'm very sexual. Eh, no. Yeah, it gets old. Yeah. And so it, she didn't really, like, prove to have any other dimension besides just using silly catchphrases in a script. So right, which is... No is a short answer to question. Kind of what she did with Juno, except she had a story that was good enough. Right. Yeah, a lot of people fell in love with Juno that year. In fact, I did. Roger Ebert actually put it up as his number one movie of the year he put no country for old men below juno that's i was the same way remember yeah yeah um and i really liked juno right but it was the relationships in that movie that made it good right juno's relationship with her dad and her dad is the same i just it occurred to me yeah he was that's true he was look him up here um i wonder if he got in this because it maybe maybe he likes yeah yeah diablo uh johnny simp no um J.K. Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. That's right. And Amy Sedaris. I forgot she was in there, oh, too. Yeah. Which I had higher hopes for her, but she had a very small role, and she looked road hard and put yeah, away well. Right. She's which I think toe is kind up of from the, the flow up, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I want Diablo Cody to be successful because I think she could really write about sort of the underdog. Right. But it appears that she's chosen not to. And your opinion of Megan Fox? Um... And I guess at this point we can say Megan that we, Fox. I, I don't know. She's a pretty girl, and I think she serves that purpose. So good for her is what I say. Uh, we saw her on Saturday, Saturday Night, Night Live. Live. There was one sketch that I liked her in. I wonder which sketch that was. <laughs> you were giving me crap about it earlier, but it's a uh, it's a flight attendant sketch where she and Kristen Wiig play uh, Southern flight attendants, and that's all I'm going to say. But that was the only one where I, <laughs> I liked her. Has your opinion of her changed? No, although I liked her much more on Saturday Night Live than anything else I've seen her. She seemed more real on that. Genuine, yes. Yeah, than Mm -hmm. any talk show or anything else I've seen her on. Right. So. She was in a skit with um, 
She was in a short with Will Forte. Yes. Which was pretty funny. <laughs> that was funny. And then in a skit with Kenan Thompson, which with these different sexual positions that he. Oh, yeah, that was funny. And it looked like she was having a good time. Like she seemed to be enjoying herself. Right. Which I'm sure, too, for her, it's hard because she's so pretty that, like, her... And, I mean, say what you will. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own taste. But I think the general consensus is that men want to fornicate with her. But I I guess I feel for her in a way because I think that probably preempts anything else that she'll do, is that she's just a hot chick. And so it makes it's easier for people like me to be hard on her mm-hmm. because... If she's not like this on point actress, it's like, well, oh, she's just there for to be eye candy. Yeah, I mean, if she doesn't start to broaden her horizons or whatever, she's just going to be a flash in a, a pan, the pan, right? Um, the hot chick for that moment, right? And then she'll disappear when someone else comes along who's younger and hotter, prettier, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, Sandra Bullock seemed to be like hot chick for a moment but then she's a good actress right exactly so meg ryan the same thing until she like clowned up did her the face. joker thing yeah which is also sad right so yeah there's no hope for megan fox yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding i kind of hope she does like bust out some unexpected theatrical performance to make people go oh yeah. wait a minute well that's what i i was wondering if this movie would do it because it's seemed like something different mm-hmm. but i don't know what i know about my acting i mean i just i hope to have improved and i hope people can look back and go she's definitely gotten better and progressed in a very positive way not even just with acting just with my life in general so after our uh after our theatrical endeavors we uh parted ways and got ready for a wedding of one of our friends and co-workers mm-hmm. who got married saturday evening in a lovely ceremony. It was lovely. Um, it was a, atop the Hilton Hotel, Hotel in Nash, downtown Nashville. That's right. Mm-hmm. It was kind of at dusk, candlelit. And the great thing, it had been raining all day, yes. but it had cleared up in time for the wedding. Like there all were a day. few sprinkles. Did you feel I those? felt it, but it was very strange because I was kind of watching these huge black clouds kind of tumble above us, and I kept thinking, okay, okay, let's hurry the ceremony along before right. everybody gets kind of dumped on. And it, like, just a little little tiny bit, and then it, it went, went away, away. which yeah. always makes me wonder, like, my college graduation was the same way. Like, it had stormed all day, mm-hmm. and, like, it was outside, and we were kind of sitting on this hill watching these clouds just come racing towards us, and right as, like, our graduation finished, everyone's kind of filing out, and the sky just opened up, but... It was like this one tiny moment in the day where we so, were able to be outside without being... When you say it makes you wonder, what does it make you it wonder? It just makes me wonder why things work out that way. If it's coincidental for or some... For some and not for others? Yes. Because I'm sure there are graduations where there's just like a... It's I'm clear sure all are. day and then a deluge comes right as the I'm ceremony. Sh- I'm is sure happening. there are, but it always makes me wonder. Yeah, it makes me wonder too. There were a lot of birds at this. Uh, <laughs> that was very bizarre, and they were loud. Loud and yeah. And thou- I mean, literally, I'm not exaggerating. There were thousands of birds. Yeah, and apparently, some people actually. We were wondering if they were going to poop on us. Some people did get pooped on. Yes, but, but we not didn't know us. them, so it doesn't matter. Exactly, they were fine. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure. But yes, the ceremony was lovely outside. Um, and I guess we can say their names since they know that we do this, but. Gretchen and Phil, we wish you all the best. Very long, happy, healthy, successful marriage. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, the bride looked lovely. Phil looked happier than I've... I I was telling a couple of our friends who were there that I don't think I've seen Phil smile for a stretch longer than 15 minutes before. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But he seemed very, very happy. And the reception was a blast. That's one of the best receptions I've ever been to. Me I mean, too. great dinner, yep. great hors d'oeuvres before the reception, open, open bar. bar. <laughs> I, I could have started with open bar, stopped and started <laughs> and stopped. Yeah, but yeah, it was you know nice, mu- good music. Yep, and it was just it was elegant without being opulent, and they kept the speeches kind of to a minimum. Um, and then when they did speak, it was emotional, and you kind of got you know teary eyed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Gretchen and Phil just seemed like they were... That's the one thing I love about, uh, like, a 
reception is that the two of them just seemed to general, genuinely want everyone to have a good time. Right. You know, they were out on the dance floor the whole time. They they worked the room also. Exactly. I mean, they came to the different tables, spent time with everyone. They seemed so. genuinely appreciative that people were there to celebrate their day with them. Right. And they gave us really cool uh, gift baskets. And um, just you're right, that was and when, that was one of the best meals I've had at a wedding before. Yeah, it was, it was really good. good. Everything and the hors d'oeuvres, if you think all of the different hors d'oeuvres that the, the servers were coming right. around with. I mean, this was not a uh, cheap affair. No, they, they really went all out for their guests, which I they think did. is very sweet. Mm-hmm. And I liked kind of the setup because after the ceremony, they had kind of a cocktail 45 minutes or so where they had a, little, a few hors d'oeuvres. Um, people going around with hors d'oeuvres, and they also had kind of a, a crudité table and, and cheeses and things like that. And then there was the, the bar. Um, but everyone kind of stood and mingled, and then they opened up the dining and um, dance floor area, and everybody filed in. But everything was well thought out. It was well executed. And I know for the amount of stress that both of them had, it had to have been a relief to see everything kind it. of go yeah. off with a hitch. Mm-hmm. Or at least not a noticeable hitch to the guests. Right, we didn't notice anything. Right, um, and the cake they, was real, the wedding cake was yummy too. Yeah, S- sour cream something or sour other. cream almond cake. Yeah, it's delicious. Yes, and um, what still roams through my mind is after a couple of vodka tonics and glasses of white wine, mm-hmm. I did the wop in the middle of the. <laughs> Even today, I was like, I can't believe I did that. Why are you so stressed about it? Because uh, I'm afraid it's okay. somebody had a videotape or something. They and actually- Scott, uh, well, the, <laughs> one of our uh, managers of our our workplace was there, yes. standing around the circle in which I. Well, dis- we have to say this first of all, as it was pointed out to you by one of the guests at the wedding, you were the only African American gentleman there. The rest were um, white people. And mostly the white people on the floor were between the ages of 30 and 60. Yeah. So you had probably the best moves out there. You're just feeling self-conscious. And we, there was at one point where we got in a circle. Right. And they were kind of, you know, pushing people out. And you just walked right out no, there, no. which surprised me. That's not why I walked out there. The guy, the short guy that we were enjoying all night, uh-huh. he was like crouched down looking at me and doing this. Oh. Or like waving me towards but you the just, floor. You didn't, you didn't, uh, usually you, I don't think you would have I would have backed out. off. Yeah. But you'd had some vodka tonics and wine. Yeah, social lubricant. But I I thought you looked good. Wow. So I don't, I don't think you need to worry. I think you had the best moves out there, especially compared to the fact that everyone else that went out there was over the age of 50. And at one point, there was some salacious dance moves happening between a rather elderly couple right. in the circle. <laughs> so I really don't think that you have anything to worry about. Okay. Well, it did bother me, though, like you said later, you know, when the guy walks over, took his time to walk halfway across the ballroom to kind of slap me on the back. It's like, you know, well, I don't know if you recognize this, but could, could you tell that you're the only black guy in here, a black person in here? And I, I think like, he was trying to make conversation or be funny or something, but right. it pissed me off. Well, it bothers me because you it's nice to go somewhere and everybody's just having a good time. Right. I know I'm no, the only black person here. Yeah. But when somebody comes over and points it out, it's like, you know. I don't see the point. Right. So I think anybody who's a minority, like there was an Asian guy mm-hmm. there. If somebody had walked over to him and said the same thing, I think it's going to bother right. anyone because you just want to have a good time like everybody else. Right. What's really the point in you taking your time out to come over? and? St- I'm going to find out who that guy was. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All right. It was Phil, actually. I just didn't want it to. <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Just kidding. Uh, Phil's funny. Phil and Gretchen were tearing it up on the dance floor. They were. <laughs> and they actually, ha- we had to say, they took da- several months of dance lessons. Right. So their first dance, they did kind of this waltz kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which apparently Phil stepped on dre- Gretchen's dress like six or seven times. So we were laughing about that. But they uh, they were tearing it up out there. Yeah. So um, successful yeah. Yeah. wedding reception. I wanted to discuss my marriage. I had a rough marriage. My wife was an immature woman, and um, see if this is not immature to you. I would be home in the bathroom taking a bath, and my wife would walk right in whenever she felt like and sink my boats. (laughs) So after the movie... 
After you, the wedding. After yeah, after the wedding. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, decided to go to the midnight showing of the Big Lebowski yes. at the Bell Court in Nashville. And we've talked about the Bell Court before, but just to revisit that, the Bell Court is a historical theater in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of interesting. They they show they have midnight showings of movies that have already been released, but then they also show a lot of indie and old films as well. Right. So it's kind of a n- nice treat to go. Mm-hmm. And this was... Um, this was no exception. No. And th- the great thing was that there were people there dressed like the dude and Walter <laughs> from the movie, and they actually had a contest. And there was one guy that looked exactly like... Um, you know, I get the Bridges mixed up. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. He looked exactly like Jeff Bridges, and he was dressed like the dude, and that was hilarious. He had the T-shirt with the sweater, open sweater, <laughs> shorts, shorts, sunglasses pulled over his head, and the goatee. Right. It was perfect. And he won. Yeah, he did, as he should have. They had several contests, a bowling contest at the right. beginning and a look-alike contest. Right. And there were a couple of Walters that also were in the, the contest. Mm-hmm. But it was it was interesting, and the theater was packed. Yeah, it was a full house. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we were the best dressed people. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were still in our wedding garb, so right. I'm sure everyone was like, um, "What are they doing here?" Yeah, but I felt like it must have made us very mysterious. Right. Please. Although I, I expected to get more stares than we got. I, don't think. I don't think people cared. They were yeah. a bunch of stoners anyway. No, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a lot of. Vanderbilt students. That's the, the vibe I got. Well, so, and there was some like uh, I get there was some affiliation that they all had because there was a guy with a, a clipboard, and they were coming up to oh, him yeah. and saying, "I'm part of such and such," and he would send them inside. Right. So I don't know what that was about. And uh, anybody who knows the movie knows that the dude likes to drink White Russians, right. and apparently they had a midnight showing Friday night. The right. night before, and it, you know, everyone had ordered. So many people had ordered white Russians that they were out. They couldn't serve anyone white Russians last night. And you know what I never noticed in that movie was that, but they did have oat sodas, which they were beers, but oh. they called them oat sodas uh-huh. um, from the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that there in the one scene with um, the dude and um, Maud. He makes his white Russian with cr- like dry creamer. Right. I never noticed that before, but that was really <laughs> funny. Yeah. So, yeah, that was an enjoyable way to end our evening. It was right. a long evening, but very, very fun. Yep. And full of laughter and good friends. That's right. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. So, uh, Emily, mm-hmm. Saturday night or Friday night, I read an article in the New York, New York Post. Yes. And I sent it to you. You did. About uh, their cab drivers in Chicago who right. want to start charging a fee for any time someone vomits in the back of their cab. Right. And because And what they're saying is, is that when people, they lose money because they're, they, have they have to, to take time clean it. cleaning it. And so, but, so I found that to be an interesting article. So what did you, what did you think about this? Well, initially I thought, I always wondered why they didn't, because I've been in ca- cars, just a passenger in someone's car before. Yeah. And I felt nauseous. I think anybody, every now and then, you get a, a bit of car sickness for one reason or another. Right. And I always wonder, what is this person's reaction going to be if I just <laughs> puke all over their car? <laughs> and I figure if I puke on somebody's car, I'm just going to make the most of it and just, like, you know, all over the dashboard. Um, oh, so you'll do just it let it go world. everywhere because how many opportunities do you get like that? Um, it's funny that you're seeing that as an opportunity, well, but okay, continue. Um, so in a way, I can understand that. Plus, you're hurting the, the, the cab driver's, you know, way of making a income. Right, because they've got to then a couple go of hours clean off it the road. out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I, I also thought about when we flew into Chicago and the cab driver we had, mm-hmm. and even if we weren't intoxicated or anything like that if you have some sort of motion sickness if you're prone to that you would have gotten sick the way he was driving yeah now whose fault is that it's not yours really right so and that's not just the the cab driver in chicago i would say about 80 percent of the cabs i've been in they they do not have any awareness of the fact that there are passengers in the car and it's a rather turbulent ride at best right but it, but you're right. I was kind of split because at first I was like, yeah, you know that that seems fair. If someone pukes in your cab, then 
you should have you should be able to charge them or you know recoup that mm-hmm. that additional cost but then i started thinking a little bit more and i thought about all of the stanky smelly cabs that i've been in that don't appear to have been cleaned or vacuumed or just spritzed down a little down a little bit it's called febreze mm-hmm. and i thought so are cab drivers going to be accountable for the cleanliness of their vehicles because it doesn't I thought they seem were I, I, are they? I think so. Is like, it enforced? Well, I don't know if it's enforced, it but I know there's a whole little, like, whatever you call passenger rights thing that I was reading when we were in Chicago. Oh, right. On the, and, yeah. And if you have a problem with the clean, cleanliness of the cab, mm-hmm. then you have a right to complain. You have a right to say something. So I think that they... And, you know, when we were in uh, Windsor, right, Ontario, and we had that horrendous cab driver, and his cab was dirty and filthy... Mm-hmm. And I actually blogged about it. The manager of that cab company ended up reading my blog, and he said he was going to reprimand the cab driver. Right. So. I've been in too many dirty cabs to think that that's strictly enforced, though. Well, yeah. So. No, I. I guess I feel like if they're going to enforce a a vomit tax, then they need to enforce the fact that these cabs need to be clean to begin with. I shouldn't be getting an STD every time I. Well, that's another. Slide my butt across the seat to get into a cab. What are you going to do for people that you know spooge in your cab? Exactly. There's a lot that goes on. And I, I thought about too. You know, we've been in cabs before after we've had a long night of drinking. And especially when we have a large group with us, our friends are loud. They're obnoxious. We have one friend who I like to call the cab Nazi because she is very um, aware of the meter. And apparently some some cab driver tipped her off on on uh, what the meter should read or something like that, which right. we should ask our listeners to help us with that. But she gets a little indignant with them, and it's like a $6 cab fare normally. <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's it's things like that that... I kind of feel like they're probably underpaid to begin with. Mm-hmm. But then I've been in really disgusting cabs where the driver doesn't know where he's going or, you know, there's some other then statement that right. it's put into play. And I just think, I think if, we're, if we as passengers are going to be required to pay extra, then there needs to be a baseline of standards before they enforce something like that. Right. And I also think about if you were a patron of another place or or used another service like if i went to the mall and puked they wouldn't charge me they wouldn't charge you but i don't know what effect you're having on the income for that mall well i mean the janitor somebody's gonna have to go and clean it's gonna come out of somebody's um but it's not really affecting their their business like i was in a mall and this little girl puked right next to me Mm -hmm. and uh they have janitors they have a guy that goes and cleans the restroom and whatever Right. Unless you're talking about an individual store, and even then, I'm not sure it, it affects. The what if What business. if you were in a movie theater and somebody puked on the seat? They couldn't sell a ticket for that seat. Well, movie They'd theater is different because it's to. kind of an enclosed space, and that smell gets around. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, you wouldn't get charged extra if you puked in a movie theater. You wouldn't get charged extra if you threw up on some clothes at a at a clothing store. They'd write it off as a as a as an occupational hazard. Yeah, but even uh, even with a movie theater, normally you have more than one screen. You're not right. closing down that whole movie theater. With the cab, this guy's not making any money until he gets that, that vomit cleaned up. Right. So I I don't know. I, I think it's an occupational hazard. Uh, I agree. And I, I think I, I don't disagree with them doing that. I don't disagree with a vomit tax or any kind of you know bodily fluid tax. But I think there has to be a standard it's go set. both ways. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yep. your cab better be pretty freaking tidy right. if you're going to charge me to clean up something that I left behind. Exactly. Yep. One of the skits that we saw from Saturday Night Live was for a a drug called bladder... Bladder something. Yeah. I can't Bladaville remember. Bladaville or something. Bladaville. Yeah. Bladaville. Something like, yeah. Yeah. But it was to kind of counter the effects of uh, shy bladder syndrome. Right. And I found that that particular bit pretty uh, humorous. <laughs> it was pretty humorous. Because I have that problem. Like if I go to a ball game or something and mm-hmm. some dude just comes and stands right next to me, I cannot pee. I cannot go. Right. And I was going to tell you, we were talking about this earlier, 
we have like in our men's room at work mm-hmm. two stalls right next to each other. Right. How two men can sit right right next to each other and just it seems pooping the seems stalls? like a very private thing. Yeah. Oh, it is a very private thing. And the fact that your shoe is like five inches away from another guy's shoe while you're doing that type of thing. Well, I think some people just don't have any inhibitions about that. They think bodily functions are about everybody does it. So why should why be why be apologetic or uh, discreet about it? There, yeah. There's a woman that we work with who um, is kind of an, <laughs> a known offender of blowing up the bathroom periodically. There's a couple of them actually, um, but I can't. I really have trouble doing that anyway in a public restroom. Right. That's I save that for home, home use only, unless you know. Well, that's the thing. Most of us. Curse. Right. But most of us grew up where we had this kind of little private room where right. we go in and do our business. And so I'm wondering, at what age do you become, or are you always, is it just something in you that's always comfortable with doing that type of thing around other people where you can be that close to someone else pooping? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just a mentality. It's a paradigm shift, if you will. Right. Well, so it, did you have a specific story about that, or were you just? Uh, no, I I have several stories about shy bladder syndrome. I've been in a nightclub once where there's ten guys standing mm-hmm. behind me waiting for the urinal, and I just I can't go. So what do you do? I pretend like I go. I give the the post pee shake uh-huh. like I'm done, and then I just walk off, and then I just hold it until I can actually so, until the pressure is just so bad I have to go. Okay. It's not as bad as it used to be, but... uh, You've gotten a little more free. Yeah. I once had a boss where I was in the restroom. I walked into the restroom, and he walked in after me, and he just stood behind me and talked to me the whole time. He didn't use the restroom, and he just talked and talked, and I I never went. Mm -mm. I don't like when people talk to me while I'm in the stall either, and those are a little more private than than men's urinals. Right. There's a lot of women who you go in the bathroom, and they want to have a conversation with you. And I do not want to talk while I'm doing that. Thank right. you. That happened to me last night. <laughs> really? Yeah, with uh, someone we both know. Oh, a and higher the, up? Yeah. That's a weird thing, too. As I was going to say about going to weddings, it's a weird thing. It's always weird to me um, to see people that I work with outside of the work environment. Unless, you know, we're close and friends or whatever and we do happy hours and things like that. But, like, especially upper management like I saw a, a a woman who's in senior management who intimidates me a little bit at Publix. This was like a couple of years ago, and I saw her and I was like, "Oh, what am I going to say?" Like I got all nervous and clammed up, and she looked at me and she said, "Hey, Emily, we're seeing each other like in real life." It was like she recognized the fact that it was awkward, so it made it a little bit easier on me, and I just kind of laughed and continued loading my groceries. Right. But it's weird, especially like if you see it's like seeing your doctor at like a nightclub or something. You're like awkward (laughs) (laughs) like what do you say to that person right i know that you give me my breast examinations but how's that uh how's that amaretto sour working out for you right especially if it's like a a psychologist or something that you're seeing and they know all about your your issues and yeah and they can be like you know you shouldn't be doing that right i go to nightclubs to pick up men (laughs) and then she sees you at the nightclub (laughs) i'm just having a drink seriously (laughs) you feel like you have to give some explanation which i'm sure it's as awkward for them as it is for you they're like oh god right (laughs) um but anyway what i was gonna say about coworkers at weddings is that the other awkward um sort of scenario is the dance floor because it's one thing to like go to a wedding and have a meal and you know a couple drinks with somebody that you work with. It is quite another thing to see your boss and his wife like shaking it on the dance floor. Right. <laughs> Which I'd like to think I'm open-minded enough to realize that they're people too and they deserve to dance and have a good time, but I just can't get used. I don't I never feel comfortable with that ever. And I've been to several weddings where coworkers have been present and people that I report to have been present. Well, you perceive people as being a certain way, and you know that these people perceive you as being a certain right. way. And so that's why it bothered me a little bit when I went out and did the walk. <laughs> <laughs> because I know that these people never saw me in that way at work, because I'm pretty reserved at work. So is that more what's bothering you than the fact that you did yeah, the walk? Yeah, if there were people there that didn't know me, wouldn't it wouldn't care. have bothered me as much. But so. it's not you, you didn't do it in front of anybody who you report to. No. 
So that's a good thing. And I but would have stopped you if you'd done me anything. The that I, report I don't to. think you need to worry about it. All right. And I would have stopped you if you were about to do something embarrassing. Really? I would, yes, I would have. I wouldn't have just let you go out like there. Like if my pants dropped around my ankles and I was just like. Or if you, um, if you did the Humpty Dance or something, which <laughs> and v- you Phil has done before. Really? So you have nothing. And you would have done what? Like yanked my arm? Yes, I would have taken you on the <laughs> dance floor. <laughs> Wouldn't you have wanted me to? Yes. Okay. And that's, I, I don't like running into people at grocery stores that oh, I work I with. I hate running into... We've talked about this before, right. but we should talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anytime I see someone, if they haven't seen me, usually I go in a different direction. And this isn't just work people for me. This is any... Like, if it's somebody I know, again, if it's a friend, it's like, oh, hey, you know. Right. But if it's like an acquaintance of any sort, work acquaintance, church, whatever, if I run into them at the grocery, I'm like... Hi. Right. Just getting apples. Like, oh, Everything's I great. Gotta go by. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you run into like the the person. Like if, if it's been a long time, you'll run into the person who needs to like give you a summary of the last six years of their lives, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but right. but you got ice cream in the cart. You got to go. Exactly. Plus, I just don't want to talk to you. Right. I remember there's a guy, and he still works at our company, and I saw him. And I was like, I'm just, he's all the way at the other end. I'm down here. I'm almost done. Mm-hmm. And so I kept getting glimpses of him, but he never saw me. Right. So finally I get to the checkout line. And he's like, hey, William. Oh. Like, ah. And he had hey. his kids with him. And But there is a woman that uh, I see frequently. But we, I guess we both had the same kind of feeling about it. Yeah. Because we see each other. We go, hey, and just keep going. Right. Which is nice. And normally I'm sure other people would be offended by that. Like, why didn't they want to take time to speak to me? But. I loved it. Yeah. So. And the other awkward thing about groceries is that if you're kind of following the same pattern through the right. grocery store. You run store, into each other over and over. And again. it's like, what do you say? Like, you have that kind of initial catch-up conversation, and then you're like, oh, hey, fancy meeting you here again. Right. Like, what do you, it's like the most awkward social situation It's like ever. when, from our earlier podcast, we were talking about going out, down a hallway. Yes. <laughs> And you see the person when you're going one way, and then when you're coming back, you see them again. And Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, what I was going to say about bathrooms was that last night, one of um, one of our friends who was at the wedding and I decided to go into the bathroom because apparently they had quite an assortment of, like, female freshening up items. Um, Do they have tampons in there? Yes. Is that why... Our friend brought a tampon back out to the table for me. I, it wasn't for you. It, it had to do with another friend of ours, and I still am not really sure what was happening, but she was very excited about taking a tampon to somebody. So, oh, okay. Which is neither here nor there. <laughs> but but they did have a nice little assortment. Like, there were these little, there's these little, like, um, wipes that you can get to, like, dab on your face if you get a little oily, mm-hmm. um, which is, I like to keep those on hand. But they also had, like, tweezers and Q-tips and things like that that are helpful to ladies. But when we came in the bathroom, and there was kind of, like, a little seating area in the women's bathroom and in the stall, two sets of stalls. And when we came in, there were a group of the bridesmaids and some other people that were standing there talking. And um, as soon as we walked in the door, they immediately stopped talking and stared at us. Hmm. And I was, Julie and I were in the middle of a conversation too, and I just kept talking as loudly as I, as I had been hmm. because I was like, okay, if we're not going to talk, I will. And we were talking about something stupid, somebody's hair. And so, like, we come in, we go to the bathroom, we come out, they're staring at us the whole time, don't say a word. And so then we went over um, and looked through the accoutrements, and um, one girl was like, Julie said something like, yeah, the last time I was in here, I used one of everything. I tweezed my eyebrows, and I used a Q-tip, and I took one of these. Like, she's pointing out all these different things. Right. And so um, as the door, like, as I hear the door closing, <laughs> one of the girls that was in there said, um, anyway, and they all started laughing. So I was like, okay, apparently we interrupted something. What or, is this your room? That's what is I thought, like too. like the bar for women? <laughs> exactly. And not only that, but they were, like... As soon as you walked in, there was, like, this kind of, like... It was basically um, a counter, but it just had lights in front of it. Like, there were no sinks or anything. Mm-hmm. So you could sit there and do your makeup or whatever and not be in the way of the people who are washing their hands. Right. Um, but it was right inside the door, so we kind of had to walk around them to get to the stalls. Um, and they just 
clammed right up. There's so. a lobby. Why don't you go out to the lobby? Why would you do that? And it's a public restroom. Why do women restroom? do anything, William? That's just idiotic. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to upset you. Well, but apparently we interrupted their conversation. Don't be in some, you know, the public crapper and then go, you know, hey, anyway, you're interrupting our, our conversation. Dialogue. Go piss somewhere else. Well, women hang out in the bathrooms when you're at a social event like that because you, right. you need like a private place for discussion. But the thing that makes me nervous about talking in the bathroom is you don't, unless you go and check the stalls. You don't know Because I've gotten burned before talking smack about people in the bathrooms and seeing them come out of the stall. Right. So I don't, I keep my conversation light and right when I'm in the bathroom. I guess it's different for dudes. Dudes don't you, talk. You go in there. Or if, even if you do talk, you're not in there holding you don't long conversations. It. Yeah, right. in the restroom. Blah, blah, blah. And I always wondered about those guys. And I guess it's in a, a women's restroom as well. Like when we go to the big, there's a piano bar called the Big Bang mm-hmm. uh, downtown. In the restroom, there's a attendant. Attendant? Yeah, there's one in the women's bathroom too. That's got to be like one of the worst jobs to have that's why i always tip them even if they just hand me the paper towel i go in every every time i go in i I give them a dollar me too because friday nights and saturday nights have to be horrific well and and the one i don't know if it's the same way in the men's bathroom there but the women's bathroom there's always a line of chicks to get in there's only like four stalls and it's a huge bar right and there's always a line probably of nine or ten women and you know half of them are falling off their shoes because they're drunk or you know they're like carrying on that they have to go to the bathroom that's got to be the worst job ever yeah so you gotta spritz the hand of everybody that you know decides to wash their hands exactly and not everyone is the friendliest person no especially if you had a night of drinking under your belt right can get a little so bathroom attendance and there was someone else you mentioned like last week or something that we love but I feel your pain. Somebody else that I mentioned that we love? Yeah, people that get a hard time. I know you said, you know, waiters and waitresses you have a respect for. Yeah, I do have a respect for waiters and waitresses. I think there's a special place in heaven for anybody that's in, like, a service-related industry. Like, cashiers, because you just get, you get the shit detail, for lack of a better word. And I know there's a time and place, like, for every kind of job, you know. Right. I, I I worked retail for a long time too, so I got to see the ugly side of society for many years. I did that, but anyone who who brings you your food or brings you your clothes after they've been dry cleaned or anything of that nature, but hands you a paper towel after you've gone to the bathroom, like that's right. Drives a cab. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to sound like I don't like cab drivers. I just know that I've ridden in some really skanky, not not even just skanky cabs, but cabs where, um, like, literally, the, there was a, I took a cab ride in, um, and it was uh, kind of between New York and New Jersey for on a business trip once, and it was late at night. I'd had a terrible flight, and this guy, he ran me so close, it was a, a construction zone, he ran so close to the um, partition that the, his side mirror was hitting the whatever the material was in between the lanes and sparking right. like that's how close he was getting and i was so nervous and upset he didn't know where the hotel was that's the other thing is cab drivers that don't know like main hotels in a tourist town right. if you're going to be a cab driver you need to know like where the weston is you know it's not like i was going to like the bay bridge inn and suites or something like it was a, a pretty prominent hotel right. that was right kind of in the epicenter of the town so the best cab ride cab drivers and cab rides that we have Mm -hmm. are the ones that we can't remember because we can't complain (laughs) because i was trying to think earlier today of all the cabs that together we've taken yeah and like we had the guy in seattle and it took me a while to remember he had the he was a sikh i guess because he had the uh, Uh, turban turban yeah yeah i remember um because the Seattle airport, you the cabs picked you up in like a parking garage, wasn't it? Yeah. Something. You didn't walk out outside like you would at most airports. Right. Yeah, I'm trying. I guess we really haven't. We haven't. San Francisco, we've mostly had. There was the one um, Mario Andretti that took us to the um, to the Castro that year that we got back yeah. late from Napa, right? Or from our Pacific Coast Highway trip, right? Um, 
And he was a little frightening, but he got us there really, really quickly. <laughs> I literally think we went airborne for a couple seconds in yeah, that cab. Yeah, he was Steve mcqueen <laughs> But I think the worst one was Windsor. Yeah, and Windsor then, takes uh, the cake. And we had pl- we took plenty of cabs while we were in Toronto, and they were pretty. They were fine. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think in Toronto we were so relieved to get out of the yeah, cold yeah. that we would have like. I don't know. I would have gotten in a tester, molester van. Right. So next week? We have a lot of movies on our plates for the following week. Yes. So let's talk about what we're going to see. How are we going to do this? Because I'm looking at this list. I know. Well, you know, there's... Let's talk about what's on the on the hopper for next week. Capitalism, which is the latest Michael Moore drama documentary. <laughs> a Serious Man, which is the latest Coen Brothers flick, mm-hmm. which William already has a chubby for. Yep. Um, Zombieland, which looks like a kind of funny tongue-in-cheek zombie flick with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, isn't... Jesse Eisenberg. Breslin? Abigail Breslin? Abigail Breslin. Yeah. That looks good. I also have a chubby for Do you? Yeah, I love zombie movies. You know that. Okay. We have a friend that wants to see that. Dr. Douche wants to see that with us. Dr. Douche. Oh, does he? (laughs) Yes. Does Um, he listen to this show? I don't know if he does or not. All right. Whip It, which is um, uh, Drew Barrymore's latest directorial debut. It's got Ellen Page from Juno and a bunch of other funny chicks in it. Um, that's kind of it. Yep. I mean, there's more than a game with LeBron James, but that so kind of interesting. Actually. No, it does. But I mean, out but of, we've got four for next week. The so invention we, of lying, also. Oh, the invention of which you don't have to see. I know you're not as pumped about that. But I think between the two of us, there's four that we definitely want to see. Right. So uh, we may be leaving work early a couple days this week. Well, they they come out on the third. So oh, next week. Yeah. So, I think a serious man and whip it, we definitely have to see. Yes. Like, like next weekend or something. Yeah. yeah. So. And um, we'll see the other two at some juncture as well. Right. All right. But then after that, just, well, the following week, there's not a whole lot. So, we could see, we could spread out the other two over the next week. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 16th, you got some more that are coming out that we want to see. So. That's right. Sella Ward. I could not think of her name. I kept. Is it I keep calling Sela or Sela. Um, you could be. I have no idea. Okay. But um, I keep calling her Selma, and then I'm like, "What's her last name? Selma Blair? No, that's not it. It's literally the conversation I have with myself every time I see her. But there's um, there's a lot of good movies. I'm like, you know what I'm really excited for, and hmm. I'm sorry to keep rambling on, hmm. is um October scary movies. Because yeah. you know you've gotten me like to like scary movies, right? Uh- Oh, I didn't know that it was me. I thought that you were already into scary movies. I don't. I remember I don't like scary movies unless I feel like that that it could, could really, really happen. happen. But now I like them. Cool. And it's your fault. Uh, speaking of that, there's going to be, but you're going to be out of town that weekend. But I, there's going to be a midnight showing of Alien at the Bell Court, and I think it's suspenseful and of course it's not scary in that it could actually happen but right. it's a very good movie so we'll have to see that sometime even okay. if it's not at a theater that sounds good so next week look forward to more uh, movie reviews mm-hmm. and um, until then have a great week that's right <laughs> <laughs> see you guys later Bye. Before leaving, make sure you have all of your personal belongings. Use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. We thank you for flying with us today. We truly appreciate your business and look forward to serving you on a future flight.